Welcome back, friends. You're listening to The Deems List. Here on a Friday, it is the 27th of August, 2021. Before we go any further, before we go any further, I want us to take a moment of silence for the 13 who have died in service to our country. Died in Afghanistan this past week. Preventable, yes. And during this moment of silence, I want you to think of these brave young men. Think of their families. Think of the mothers who won't get the text again. Think of the children yet to be born who won't know their father. Think of our country as we seemingly have a vacuum of leadership currently as far as the Middle East is concerned. And think of your fellow neighbor as we try to make sense of what's happening. And of course, pray for the repose of their souls. Amen. The death toll in the Kabul terror attack reaches nearly 200, including the 13 U.S. service members. And the evacuations are ongoing. That's probably the biggest news that we need to discuss this week as we get here to our weekly wrap-up, The Deems List. Anything I deem important from the past week, nothing else. What else do we have? Oh, that's right. We have a lieutenant colonel who has been relieved of duty by asking questions. And actually, he demanded accountability. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Calls for Joe Biden to resign, continue, far and wide, not just the Republicans. A Florida judge has ruled against DeSantis's school mask mandate. We'll talk about why that's important to you. Democrats, they can't get out of their own way. They're considering a slew of tax hikes in their three point. $5 trillion budget reconciliation bill. Pelosi hosts a fundraiser, $10,000 a plate on average. Uh, nobody attending has to is wearing the mask, whether they have to or not. Uh, I think the proof's in the pudding. Look at the pictures. Pelosi, of course, unmasked. But all of their servants, all of the support staff serving these people, masked up. The officer who shot Ashley Babbitt during the Capitol riot in, back in January, breaks his silence. Talk about some interesting things about how that works. And, and here's a big news. Previous COVID prevents Delta infection better than the Pfizer shot. All of that and a little more. Let's get back to Afghanistan. Afghanistan, if you've watched this president, and I don't know about you, but I, my hope... Uh, folks, we are only seven, eight months in to a four-year term. And I just want you to think about how far the country has slid since then. We have European allies now saying they're not so sure they want to be following the U.S. lead in the Middle East. All of this is so um, uh, wrong-headed and and problematic, that you almost, the cynical side of me, you know it's there, friends. You've tuned in long enough to this show to know that there is a cynical side to ESD. 
I I just wonder how much of this may be part of a bigger plan. And and Joe just has to be the good old boy from Scranton left holding the bag. So that, yeah, we know we're going to lose in 22 and probably in 24, but we just need somebody in there to, to mine the store with a blindfold on long enough for us to do what needs to be done. The question in, is, who is the us? We've talked about the Great Reset as uh, as several elites around the globe have planned and talked about. It's not even hidden anymore. I mean, this is all out there. Just search the Great Reset and the UN and you'll see what we're talking about. I mean, a year ago, there was a plan put in place where the Trump administration had reached a deal with the Taliban. Well, here's the thing. When you don't perform on a deal, then the deal is off. President Biden tried to throw Trump under the bus this past week. Did you see that? During the so-called press conference? I mean, Joe Biden is beside himself. He, he, if he can get an articulate sentence out that he's read on whatever's in front of him, then he starts to talk about him being instructed on who in the press to call on. And you're sitting back wondering, a year ago, we didn't have a president being instructed on what to do. We had a president who was leading. Love him or hate him? Donald Trump wasn't instructed to do anything by anybody. And the rest of the world knew it. Instead, we see Joe Biden showing up, not even being able to answer the question, having to fold his hands and put his head down. I mean, did you see he took a knee earlier in the week with the WNBA players? I mean, this is not presidential. Our president shouldn't be taking a knee to anyone, period. You know, a year ago, we didn't have a State Department that was teaching uh, from the Afghan embassy, the importance of same-sex unions, marriages, trans lives mattering. Yeah, that's what the Biden administration has done. Flying the rainbow flag, because that virtue signaling is so important. Well, guess what? I don't think the terrorists care about your virtue signaling. And did you see that little pipsqueak running around as the uh, faux intern for... Uh, Jen Pasaki. Yeah, he's running around. He's, I mean, he's not a straight individual, which I couldn't care less about. But he's just overtly feminine and just running around as a valley, like a valley girl, uh, with his three-inch nails, uh, just acting absurd, acting stupid. That is going out in official communications. Meanwhile, the terrorists are planning to blow up Americans and Afghans in Kabul and surrounding area. This is a problem. Our priorities are out of whack. I think maybe now we've realized that the Middle East doesn't want to be California. California, do your thing. Be you. You're going to recall your governor because your people are tired of it too. That's a separate issue. We were told Joe Biden's foreign policy was where he was going to shine because of his time in the Senate and his time working under Barack Obama. Now I'm beginning to think that Barack Obama was smart enough to just send Joe out on a plane to go do something to get out of the way. That seems to me to make the most sense. So while we were virtue signaling, I should say, while the Biden administration was forcing virtue signaling down everybody's throat, 
the Taliban realized, wait a minute, uh, we're not dealing with the same type of leader. We're dealing with a weak-spined, flimsy individual who cares more about paying social media influencers than actually leading around the world. And folks, that's why you have what you have. And then Biden tries to force it back on Trump. Well, we agreed we would be out in May, and then we've extended No, the deal fell apart, Joe, whenever you wouldn't uphold your end. When you, when you wouldn't uphold the United States' position and instead starting for, started to force cultural mandates onto a people that simply don't want it. More on that at another time. But we've got to pray for our troops. We've got to pray for the Afghans. And we've got to pray that we get some sort of hope at some point. We need leadership like we've never needed, at least in my lifetime. And that's just Afghanistan. That's just the Middle East. Think about everything else happening in the world. Think of the price at grocery stores. You go to fill up your tank. For those of you that are red-blooded Americans who appreciate freedom and horsepower, you know that it can be considerably more expensive. We're asking OPEC, oh, that's right, we're asking OPEC to produce more while we have closed our own pipeline. <laughs> Guys, this is just not making sense. It's terrible. Um, and, you know, I have been sitting back wondering, where are the other leaders in the Pentagon that are coming out? Not Millie. I mean, we all know about Millie. And listen, I'm not diminishing these folks' service. They they wake up every day and do something that I have not done. And uh, for that, I'm eternally grateful for their service and the sacrifice that they and their families have made. Well, we can't dis distract ourselves from that. But um, beyond the piece there of, of them putting on the uniform, you have to wonder, where are the folks, the, the patriots on the inside that are questioning what's going on? Because it's pretty clear, and reports and leaks have, in, have indicated, that the president went against suggestions and advice from military leaders and others. Well, my question was answered when Marine Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller announced on Friday earlier today, that he had been relieved for cause after posting a video demanding accountability on Afghanistan. He shared it on Facebook uh, at 1430 on Friday that he had been relieved of duty and noted that he would take have taken the same action if he were in the position of his superior officers. He said, end quote, I'm willing to throw it all away to demand accountability. A 17-year Marine veteran risked his career. We're going to post everything in the show notes, as you know. And I watched the video a couple of times. He was respectful, but he was also demanding answers. And chain of command, I understand where that doesn't fly, especially in the military, but I appreciate his sacrifice here. And I think we all do, because that is a huge question. And this brings up the, the, the next piece of it. Joe Biden, is he going to stick around? We're seeing people go left and right literally on the political spectrum, saying that Joe needs to resign. He must resign. He's a, it's unacceptable how he's behaving. He's not answering the questions. He's refusing to take questions from the press many times. He isn't coherent. I mean, remember when Nancy Pelosi was putting forth the 25th Amendment? 
And Trump and everybody was saying, well, this is not good. No, this is not for this president. This is for the next president. And we all thought, well, Trump's going to be reelected. So she's just p trying to put this in place. So the impeachment game isn't working. And now we've got to do something else. Makes you wonder if this wasn't just a setup to get old Joe out of the way once he made a mess of himself. 25th Amendment's always been there. She was just clarifying certain things. Fascinating when you think about that. Are we allowed to ask for Joe's impeachment? Here's why I have a problem with that. Because I, I think that what he has done by intentionally putting Americans' lives at risk, and I think that that's, I don't know how else you categorize it. Chief at ericdeemshow.com is the email if you disagree, but I don't know how you categorize it any other way. By refusing to ensure that all of our people in Afghanistan were evacuated and removed safely without handing over $88 billion worth of equipment. Never mind the 2.3, 2.5, I've heard different things, trillion dollars over the last two decades that we've spent in Afghanistan. I mean, we could just take a pause right there and say, imagine how much better our infrastructure would be in America if that $2.5 million was spent here. Or imagine how much better our public school system would be if that $2.5 million was spent here. No, we spent it in a place that essentially put it up into smoke. That's behind us. It's what we call a sunk cost. So let's not spend too much time on it, but let's learn from it. Meanwhile, unpause. We're here at present day. We've handed over billions of dollars of equipment to our enemies. Billions of dollars. We didn't keep a strategic force in place to keep the airport safe. We just handed it over, effectively waving the white flag while Americans were still trapped there. This is un-American. Leave no man behind. It, it, we don't do it. We have citizens, veterans, who are now citizens, who, well, I guess you're always, that's the beauty of our military. We're run by citizens. It's not some oligarch like big tech, you know, where they come in and control everything and censor you and all that. No, we're a citizen-led military, which is a beautiful thing. So once a Marine, always a Marine. You have folks who aren't in active duty anymore who actually have gone over, deployed utilizing private aircraft, uh, the Nazarene Fund is one that I have talked about, but there are several others that are over there. Glenn Beck's over there via the Nazarene Fund as well. Putting folks on chartered airbuses to get them out. Now, they're not in Kabul. They're in other places. For security reasons, they won't release that, and that's fine. But that just goes to show you the American spirit. That is the American spirit. When our government leaders fail us, we step up because we don't believe government leaders are here to parent us. They are here to co-lead with us. When they stumble and fall, we don't just keep pointing the finger, pointing at the blame. No, 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 no. We step up and we lead, and that's what folks are doing. Kudos to them. Godspeed to you. And the military has complained that uh, some of these folks, well, maybe if the if we were having real leadership, that wouldn't be the case. What say you? Chief at ericdeemshow.com. So while Afghanistan is still smoldering, and there's a lot of uncertainty in the Middle East, our position in the world is still uncertain under this administration. 
you have to wonder, do we impeach this president? Putting lives at danger, intentionally putting lives at danger, intentionally sticking to a plan that we know was not going to work, that a, a plan that you allegedly can keep putting on your predecessor, but I got news for you, Joe. You're the president. You're the president. Quit being instructed by people and step up and lead. People were calling for Trump's impeachment because of tweets. Now the leader of the Taliban has a Twitter account. The former president, Donald Trump, is banned from Twitter. <laughs> and Joe Biden doesn't know how to put sentences together. This is the world we're in. A year ago, I wouldn't have predicted this. A year ago, I would not have predicted this. I would not have predicted the 5-plus percent inflation either in just the first six months of this year. But I have a problem with impeachment becoming a political tool. And we, we called this out on the show last year, saying that the concern about constantly impeaching over dis political disagreements uh, will lead to just the unraveling of civil discourse, whatever's left of it. You're pulling on a thread that you don't need to pull on. So I'm hesitant to endorse impeachment. I think Joe just needs to resign. Now, the, the issue we're going to have is the puppet master, the one who's really been in charge, will actually uh, have the nuclear codes. Kamala Harris, a woman who got her start on her knees. No, really, look it up. Willie Brown, that's how she got her start. How sad. What a, what a sad example for women everywhere. A woman who got the current job because she checked the boxes. She's black and she's a woman, but then you go to find out she's not, not really black. She's Jamaican and Indian. But the left only care about color. They don't care about anything more than that. We're sitting over here saying, well, no, there, there's a lot of heritage, Jamaican heritage, Indian heritage. To just label that black, you're missing so much more. African-American. Even, I was listening to Cuomo. He's out, by the way. But I was listening to him the other day because I'm not just listening to those on the right. And he said, you know, he wouldn't have been considered white. Well, he wasn't considered white when he was a kid. His father, Mario Cuomo, Italian-American, that was its own problem back in his day. It should never have been a problem. Let me be clear. Prejudice on the basis of skin color or anything, for that matter, is a problem. And we should judge people by the content of their character just as Martin Luther King Jr. taught. We uphold MLK Jr. here at this show. I'm wondering when the, the Democrats are going to remember uh, who he was instead of just using him for the, the sake of dividing and conquering. If you fit in a white bucket or a black bucket, there are no other buckets in their world. And that's the sad part. Anyway, we've got Kamala Harris, number two. And, and God, the cackle. She can't even... She can't even be asked a serious question. She reminds me of those phony televangelists, has from the beginning. Unfortunately, I've spent my a uh, part of my life in those circles and have been around enough phony to know it. And that's what she reminds me of, just a cackling uh, televangelist wife who's just so fake, or even the televangelist herself these days. And it's just sickening. It's inauthentic. There isn't an ounce of uh, genuine anywhere. 
But here's the problem. All of the anti-Trumpers hate Trump so much that it's preventing them from being honest about Biden-Harris. Because, see, we've forgotten as a people, because of the divide-and-conquer narrative that's happening in our country and the censorship happening by big tech and the media, we've forgotten that there are more than two buckets for everything. I post something on social media. Folks race to throw me into a bucket. One of two, by the way. I start asking questions about a vaccine. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know you were an anti-vaxxer. I start getting all these studies on the anti-vaccine. And then I bring up the VAERS report, which is a CDC website. And then I'm told that I should be looking at real science. And I'm like, well, actually, this is an acronym for uh, a report on the CDC website. Um, Oh, okay. People get into their little one-track mind. And they're in the trench, and it doesn't matter what's happening. They're just pulling the trigger. Anything in front of them, they're pulling the trigger. Beetle Bailey, remember that commercial or that uh, cartoon? <laughs> He's got the hat on. He's yeah, just sitting over in the trench and just can't can't pull the trigger fast enough. I don't care if it's friendly or not. I'm gonna shoot whatever's in front of me. That's what's happened. The anti-Trumpers, both Democrats and Republicans, they can't be honest about Biden because they only think the other option is is Trump. What do you do? Well, let's get to some of the other news here. Florida judge rules against DeSantis school masks. Well, we kind of saw this was going to happen. Here's the problem with this, and I've talked about it before. We need to preserve a place where masks are not forced on people. So we do not taint the data. We need a sample of folks not wearing masks, just like we had a sample a year ago of lockdown states and open states, and we realized that COVID was an equal offender. An equal opportunity offender, an equal opportunity murderer. Basically, if you weren't out in the sun getting your vitamin D, if you were obese and you were over 70, your chance of going down was high. And that was irregardless of wherever you were located. Well, here we are. Fast forward, we've got to have the ability to say, hey, this state refused masks. This state masked everybody. I mean, did you see Oregon? The governor in Oregon wanted masks to be permanent outdoors. <laughs> and this woman is a piece of work. I mean, everything. people thought everything in Oregon was going fine during the last gubernatorial election. So, you know, here was a bisexual that they were able to elect. But come to find out, um, not so sure she was bisexual. Probably just bi-curious in college when she had a fling or two with a girl, uh, but had been married to a guy um, f- for as long as her political career has uh, happened. But, you know, that's beside the point. That just goes to show you the kind of folks they could have elected because they didn't have Chaz or Chop or whatever was going on in Portland. You know, these autonomous zones where they were just burning the streets. The insurrections happening every night against our federal courthouse and federal buildings. You know, everybody wants to talk about January 6th, but this was something in Oregon that was happening every night. Well, maybe if you would elect leaders who could lead instead of leftist virtue signaling talking points, you wouldn't be under such tyrannical authoritarian rule. Masks forever outside. Absolutely absurd. What else do we have going on? Speaking of the left coast, did you see Nancy Pelosi at her little uh, high-end fundraiser? Nobody's wearing a mask. Everybody that I could see seated is white. 
But she's the one preaching against us. She's out in Napa Valley. Remember, this is where uh, Governor Newsom was eating when he was telling everybody to close down your restaurants and you can't do this and everybody needs to wear a mask. He's seen indoors, unmasked, with other healthcare leaders, uh, leaders in air quotes. Yeah. Well, anyway, Nancy Pelosi's up there uh, telling everybody what they need to do. Give us money. We've got to save the country. Meanwhile, all the staff, of course, being forced to wear it. What a hypocrite. Kevin McCarthy says, Speaker Pelosi wants to lock you down again while she wines and dines with her political donors. Utter hypocrisy. And we completely agree, but what else do you expect? She also was, has been whining this week that the, uh, the eviction moratorium ruling. Did you all see that? The SCOTUS Supreme Court of the United States has ruled against the eviction moratorium, saying uh, this is an overreach by the CDC. And uh, Nancy whines about it, but offers no legislative solution. And it's about damn time. Us landlords need to be protected. We have to pay mortgages on properties, and we're just giving a free pass to renters? No, that's not how this world works. It's time to get back to work. It's time to pick yourself up with your bootstraps, get the help where you can, quit relying on the government to be the only source of that help, and let's move forward. One way to not move forward is the Democrats and their $3.5 trillion budget reconciliation bill. I mean, the House is just, they also know, they must know that 2022 is coming. The Democrat-led Congress passed a $3.5 trillion budget reconciliation framework that is likely to include a host of tax increases to cover the substantial costs associated with their new social safety net programs. See, that's how this works. They pass the framework, and then they start to pass the bill. This we talk about a runaway train, friends. Um, this is how the left does it. They start these fires in literally every direction, from foreign policy in the Middle East to your own town square, to your schools, to now the budget of the country, to banks being forced to lend out government money instead of what's on deposit. It's hard to see this and not see it as an attack. It's hard to see this and not see it as an attack. We're going to put everything, all the links of the stories that I've talked about here in the show notes, of course. Two more things I want to mention. Previous COVID prevents Delta infection better than Pfizer's shot. So isn't it interesting? Everybody that raced to get the Pfizer vaccine or any vaccine for that matter so early on, we were skeptical I think those that I mentioned earlier, if you're obese, you're locked indoors, you're over 70, much higher risk than those who are under 70, just in the sentence there. But also, if you're healthier, I mean, there, there are so, I mean, we're talking about something with 99.997 or 99.995 or 95. Again, we're talking over 99% survival rate. I don't know why. There's logic, folks. You do not have to throw logic out the window whenever you're looking at things. But I remember, folks, both Republicans and Democrats in my orbit, early on, who felt like it was such a, well, they were able to get the vaccine before anybody else, you know, because of their connections. They know some people, you know. Well, now some of those folks are wondering, well, maybe we should have, I've actually heard from the chief at ericdeemshow.com is the web, is the email address. Is it, 
Yeah, we uh, we got an early shot. Wish we would have waited. It's real. And for those of you who are also COVID survivors out there, it looks like uh, you'll be able to resist the Delta variant better than those who have gotten the jabs. Interesting. Our final story. Officer who shot Ashley Babbitt during the Capitol riot breaks silence. He says, I saved countless lives. Now, I'm going to do something here that I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to. I'm going to try to put the hat on as if I were a leftist. And I'm going to look only at skin color. And I'm going to see a black officer killing a white veteran. Could you have imagined if the roles were reversed, if it was a white officer killing a black veteran or black activist? That probably plays better to the left. Well, I don't want to get on the onto that uh, down, go down that path. I think that's a, an unnecessary one to do. But it's something to think about when you think of how the media is spinning all of this. I'm not so sure he saved countless lives, by the way. I think he had a gun. I think it was pulled. I think she disobeyed orders. Um, and I appreciate his heroism for being there as law enforcement to to protect that. She was where she shouldn't have been. She should have known the risk of uh, of breaking in there. But what I want us to do is to not try to uh, equalize what's happened here versus what's happened for nearly a, a year prior in the streets during the BLM and Antifa riots. We never got stories on that other than just brushing them under the rug and moving on. Nobody wanted to look into the reasons why and the funding behind and all of that. But the left continues to focus on January 6th as if it was some great day of reckoning for so many reasons and you sit back and you wonder, no, it was a breach of security at the Capitol building. Um, the story's already come out that it was planned. The FBI has released that. We published that on, on our page and, and on our socials by Reuters, that it was a coordinated attack, a planned attack ahead of time. It wasn't a bunch of MAGA rally goers who just happened to uh, spontaneously decide that, no. They happened to spontaneously be there. The doors were open and most of them happened to walk in. Should they have done it? Absolutely not. Do we condemn them for doing it? Yes. But let's not forget the facts here. I just find it interesting that this officer felt the need to come forward and speak. Um, and that's about all I have to say on it. What do you have to say on it? Do you think January 6th uh, is losing its steam as a, a page out of the playbook? Remember, it was, who was the raging Cajun that came out and said, James Carville? He said if he were leading the Democrats, he would remind everybody of January 6th every day. It's the one way to defeat Republicans. So he was making it political. No, we shouldn't be doing that. We also shouldn't be doing that about what's happened in our streets across the country. What we need to do is learn from these things. Learn why BLM and Antifa was able to amass riots in nearly every major city. And why police were told to stand down and not protect our places. Tax dollars at work. What do you have to say about it? Chief at com. I always enjoy hearing from you. You'll find me on the socials at Eric Deem Show. Remember, cultural stewardship falls to each of us. Do your part.